2: This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. Hi everyone and welcome. This week we're talking about our homes with Courtney Wilson. Courtney is the co-host and lead designer of HDTV's hit show Masters of Flip and a fellow Canadian growing up in Northern Ontario. With an eye on a country music career, Courtney moved to Nashville to pursue that dream. Her immediate success led to her lengthy career in show business, including record deals and reality shows. Along with her husband at the time, Dave Wilson, Courtney began to flip houses, mostly in pursuit of making money in between gigs, which then grew into flipping over 125 homes. Courtney has begun managing flips herself and has founded Court & Co., a line of stylish and affordable home products sold across Canada. As an award-winning realtor, TV host, author, and entrepreneur, Courtney really does it all but credits herself for her greatest accomplishment of all, motherhood. After six years of Masters of Flip, Courtney has moved on to a brand new HGTV series, Making It Home. Courtney, thank you so much for being here with us today. I think this is the perfect year to be talking about home renovations. Yes, it totally is. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. We really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy lady. So we'd like to kind of kick things off with how you got started in this industry. And I, I know it's a little bit of a, an interesting backstory there, so I'd love to hear oh, it. You want the actual backstory? <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, I want to hear all about the music career,
0: everything. Okay. Well, I originally am from Canada, yep. um, and I moved to Nashville at at I was just a week away from my nineteenth birthday to meet uh, or to basically get a record deal, and I really didn't have anything. I had three hundred dollars, and that's it. So I moved there. I had t- called my parents into the bedroom in January and was like, "I'm going." there's really nothing that you can do to stop me. I feel called to do that. And had the country music capital been in Toronto, that's where I would have moved, of course. But I did have to cross that border. And when I got there, my very first week, I met Dave. And we just hit it off right away. And we were both pursuing music. And a few short days later, um, and I know I'm cutting out some of the stuff, but... Um, Reba McIntyre had offered me a production deal. I was offered a publishing deal. I didn't even know what a publishing deal was, but that was going to allow me to stay in the country and get a visa. So I was like, yes. Yes. And, uh, and then shortly thereafter, I was signed to Disney's label called Lyric Street Records, which was the country label. In Nashville and I was kind of rolling and I always tell people that was the beginning and the end of my music career but it wasn't (laughs) that fast it was several years we call it the we called it called it the artist protection program where they make okay they love that they give you a, a record deal they give you a whack of money and say just sit tight and make a record. And then here's a little bit more money. Sit tight. Don't go out. Don't do anything. You know, this is kind of your job is just to wait. And that was awful for me, but, um, because I'm definitely a doer and I just, I wanted the whole Nashville experience and I really didn't get to struggle there. And it's not a wham-wham moment. I'm so grateful. Um, except that um, a few short years later, uh, just when my record had come out, I really didn't feel like I, the record was me anymore. And so I asked for release and they were like, that's okay. We're sad that you're going to do this. I said, I'm going to go, I've got another deal lined up, which I had. Um, they're like, just play your last two shows for us. One of which was opening up for Rascal flats in between the twin towers. And so I went and played in between the towers in New York city. And five days later, the towers came down, which changed Mm. everything, changed everything Mm. for everybody. Uh, I was not there in New York. I actually, it was filming one life to live at the time at the very same time, but had come back to Nashville for a few days. And that same day I got a call from the new record president and said, label president and said, we're not going to be able to sign you now because of this. And I was like, I understand. So, um, Uh, I took a job um, basically running fan clubs for Toby Keith and Kenny Chesney and Lady Annabelle and all these people. So I could learn the backside of that and struggled. And Dave and I had bought a house and um, we had started a family. And lo and behold, in the middle of really struggling, like we're talking, you know, like beans and rice. (laughs) That level, <laughs> <laughs> you know, our record deals had you know faded away, and we were we had you know we're getting ready to do something together as a duo, and mm-hmm. we just had jet and Dave was a waiter and all the stuff. Well, um, our house flooded over Christmas. Oh wow! we were visiting family in Canada, and so we took that insurance money and we fixed it up. And our realtor at the time said, "Huh, you have a knack for this sort of thing." Huh, and yeah. I was like, "Get out!" Really, I do. I really yeah. just did it myself because I couldn't afford a designer. Yeah, <laughs> the bottom. Line. I was too cheap and too broke. And so uh, I fixed up this place, and we sold it, and we made profit. And so the next house that we did, we felt like we had equity in that, so I took them took some equity out, and Dave and I renovated the upstairs attic, and then sold that house. And that's how we started house flipping.
2: That's crazy. It's it's so funny. First of all, I knew you had, I knew a little bit about what you had done for music, but I had no idea with some of the big names that you had worked with, which is amazing. And then to kind of have that parlay into something totally different. It's just, it's interesting the way the universe brings us, right? So crazy. I mean, I have a a really funny
0: story, actually. Um, I I was, I was working for this company, this website company, which eventually I ended up buying with three of them. Okay. I've I've, there's so much stuff I've done, but like, that's kind of a crazy ride, but I would, I would go into work every day. And I was actually working with this guy. His name's Lang. He was, he's married to Linda Davis and, um, Linda Davis is a really big country artist. And so anyway, they had a daughter that was kind of coming up. Her name's Hillary Scott. And so Dave and I were getting ready to sign to Capitol records and these guys, his daughter um in this new band that that he begged us to go see one night because nobody was going to show up called Lady Annabellum. so we went over there and watched Lady Annabellum. I dragged my whole family there so that we could fill some seats I was like these guys are really good so I went into work one day and they were getting ready to sign a deal with somebody else and I, he goes they, they they did it they signed I said with who I said Warner he goes no universal no I was like capital and they're like yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy for them. But I knew in that moment, the Capitol wasn't going to sign Dave and I.
2: Oh, and yeah. so
0: okay. that was the music industry. That was what wow. like when you enter an industry like that. It's very, it's very much like that. I knew that they weren't going to sign two duos at, duos at the same time or two groups at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I remember thinking around that time, like, oh my gosh, they're not going to sign me. I came home. I said, Dave, they're not going to sign us. We're going to get the call any day that they're not going to sign us. He goes, you're crazy. I said, I'm not. I'm not being negative. I'm just being a realist. Like I've been yeah. in this a long time. He's like, you're crazy. A week later, we got the call saying, Hey, I'm so sorry. We just signed this other group. I just happened to have the inside scoop. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and they turned out to be this wild success. Well, I went through a total personal crisis and was like, what am I going to do with my life? Oh
2: my gosh.
0: And so I got my real estate
2: license. Okay. That's, that is really crazy. Oh my yeah, gosh. That crisis and that sort of a
0: little bit of a mini depression as, you know, and I only say this because I want to be real with people, right? Like I don't want to sugarcoat um, the road. The road is the path where you're supposed to be, but it's certainly not always smooth. It's no. not be really smooth
2: because that's not where the lessons are. And I think that we think the road is also like linear and in, you know, you, it's always, the trajectory is always upwards. Oh. And that is like, not at all the way life, the way life comes at you. Right. No, it's just not, it's yeah.
0: not. And so when people say, oh my gosh, you're so lucky or, or, um, uh, you know, you're, I'm definitely fortunate, but if you're, you're so lucky, I, I always just, I, I try to smile. If you ever say that to me and I'm smiling inside, <laughs> We're I not think-
2: <laughs> I actually want to punch you. I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, it's very true. A lot of people, and I do think that there's almost like a a younger generation that thinks success comes quicker too because we see, like, whether it's influencers or the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world, like, have that extreme success in their 20s. Yeah. And so you kind of just assume that that's how success is, right? Like, it comes right away. You work kind of hard. But yeah, yeah, it's not always that kind of success, at
0: least in your twenties, I still don't think the road is smooth, right? Like it's right. easier. There are certain experiences that you don't get to have. True. Um, yeah. And so I really think that it's, it's perspective is everything. And as I get older and girl, I'm getting older. Um, I definitely standing back and I'm, I'm like looking at everything and the perspective is completely changed to me. Like mm-hmm. if this hadn't happened, this wouldn't have happened. And sure. I wish I could take some of that stuff away. That was really painful or hurt. God, I could cry just saying that. Um,
2: But that's sometimes where the good stuff is. Yeah, and I think this last year, being at home for the full year, right? Like, I'm sure. I think we've all had more time to reflect and and to look back on maybe where those, you know, where the path took us another direction. And what have what would you say you've kind of learned over the past year? Any big? Oh my
0: gosh, I got safe the last. The last couple of years, last few years, I actually started to play things a little bit more safe. I'm still, I'm not really, I wouldn't consider myself a risk taker. I, I would consider myself a calculated risk taker and a little bit fearless. So I'm I'm willing to fail. I grew up willing, knowing that failure was not a bad thing. Okay. So, so that is the, if I could offer that piece of advice to anybody listening, that is the number one piece of advice. Failure is not bad. We have to fail in order to succeed. We have to know what succeeding feels like. And you know, and we can't do that unless we fail. So that's that that was never something that I was fearful of. And I have friends that truly that is a a roadblock for them, failure. So they just don't want to try. Didn't have that. But the last couple of years I got really safe. And I just didn't want to rock the boat. I wanted to make sure that, you know, I made so much money and this is how I was gonna do it. And this is how, you know, it was just I like compartmentalized everything. Um, And one of the things was real estate. I really wanted to grow real estate, but it just felt like like I, di- I didn't have the perfect team. I was grateful for my team, but I really wanted to push forward. I wanted to change companies, but oh my gosh, the workload that that was going to be. And so during quarantine, I really kind of had to have some come to Jesus moments and go, you know, why am I not doing this? Have I lost my spunk? <laughs> Um, what am I afraid of? I can fail in my forties. What I, you know, and I think as you get older, you just sort of get complacent and you don't want to try new things. And we're, we are a part of that like middle gap, you know, that generational thing where we're like, we're go-getters but we're just old enough to know that we want to settle into something, you know?
2: Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think, or at least
0: that's how I feel.
2: No, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. yeah. Like our
0: parents had pensions. We don't have, you know, a lot of us don't have pensions. Mm-hmm. We don't have that to fall back on. So we know that we're going to have to work and reinvent ourselves, but we also, we looked, looked at our parents were like, whoa, that clock's ticking. Like, when do I get to relax? So I started taking risks and, you know, and I, I also went through a divorce, which I don't talk about much because it's still very painful. But I also under—I know how strong I am now.
2: Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I—I yeah. I was reading you recently, kind of had a bit of a transition in that you bought this new lake house. Yeah, I don't know if you want to call it transition, but a new kind of life moment. And I loved reading you write about that because it really drove home for me, like how personal your home is and how much of an emotional investment that is. And yeah, walk us through that a little bit because it just seemed like you had kind of this, this moment when you found this house. Yeah. So,
0: so I had, like, like I said, I'd gone through lots of personal changes and one of the things that I've wanted for a long time was a lake house. I recognized several years ago that you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not super rich, but I'm better off than most. And I want to live and I want to enjoy things with my kids. And I wanted to create memories. I'm all about memories. And I knew that Lake House wasn't really a great investment, financial investment, or not where we are um, outside of the city, but it was an investment in memories and all this stuff. So upon um, making some personal changes, I decided, dang it. I'm just going to go buy a lake house. So I told my girlfriends, I was like, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And so every other weekend we'd go out, we'd look at properties. It was about an hour and a half away. I had decided an hour and a half was as far away as, far it. as you were gone. Yeah. I, you know, come hell or high water, I was going to find something. And, um, and I walked into this place and I wanted it to feel like a lake house. And so many places on the lake just are houses mm-hmm. and I already had a house. So I wanted it to feel sort of rustic. I wanted it to feel like a getaway. I wanted it to feel like a place that I could just, you know, unwind. Really, like not just saying that. I really needed that. So I walked in and I said, oh, as soon as I pulled up, I was like, this this could be it. And so my girl, and then I started to talk myself out of it. My girlfriend, Teresa, was like, she, she has a real Southern accent. She was like, you know what? Everyone gets hit by the shit stick a laugh, and <laughs> <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> yes, absolutely, I love that. <laughs> and and your shit stick's full. You need to go buy this house. I said, okay, okay, I'm doing it. I put. We off. all
2: need a Teresa.
0: <laughs> we all need a Teresa. Oh my god, and my best friend Andy B as well. She's a they're both as southern Southern as they come. And, um, they were like, this is it. I mean, what what the hell are you waiting for? Just do it. And again, I had to remember, okay, I knew I was going to do this. I'm out looking at houses for a couple of months. The, I was in the middle of a pandemic, you know, so all of the stuff don't regret it a a single bit. Don't even, I didn't even, I got in there now. I did say, oh, I'm not going to spend money on the bathroom. I'm not going to do this. So the other part of me, the designer house flipper part of me, side of you, yeah. Yeah. Maybe even the high maintenance part of me was like, I, you know, first I was like, I could, I don't have to do, it. I don't have to spend all this money on the bathroom. Says I got in. I mean, I as I as I write, I came downstairs in the first day, and my friend Annie B just saw the look in my eye. She's like, you got it in the bathroom. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> contractor. While I was staring at the, uh, you know, pink toilet, I called the contractor. Yeah. He'll be here. Tomorrow. yeah.
2: yeah. So, you know, but I don't regret that either. No, because it's your home is such. Oh gosh. It is like your safe space, right? Like, especially maybe this past year, it's, it's your only space really this past year, but yeah, like you want it to have all that kind of warm feeling and you want to be comfortable and love every part of it.
0: So true. I I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting in an Airbnb right now. I'm working on a project in Toronto and I'm really excited about it, but I just rearranged the furniture. I did. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I did. I rearranged the furniture. I like, you know, the sofas were all tucked against walls. And I was like, why are we not floating these sofas? There's a beautiful fireplace over here. So I floated the sofas there. You know, there's a beautiful line when you walk in. And just that little thing, okay? Just that little motion of moving some stuff around and creating a focal point. I I like this house better. Mm -hmm, It makes mm -hmm. me feel good when I walk in. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, y'all can roll your eyes all day long. But when I... You know, when I walk into her room, I want to feel something.
2: Yeah. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com ACAST. Yeah, and
2: I think any Airbnb owner is going to be happy that they have you as a guest. It's probably going to look a lot better when you leave, right? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Maybe the walls are painted. There's retiling done. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, what are some, obviously, you know, right now, some people we're all spending more time at home budget might not be massive, but what are some like kind of quick tips and tricks? Like you mentioned the furniture rearranging. If people want to get a little more kind of life out of their house, is there some quick tips that you kind of recommend people look at? Um, yeah. I mean, there are, are lots of things that you can do.
0: Okay. So whether it's rearranging, I mean, rearranging furniture it doesn't cost you a single cent um, mm-hmm. at first until you realize you need a lamp and a couple of throws, but in the beginning <laughs> it's free. <laughs> so I feel like you should start there. Nothing should be tucked Against any walls, guys. This isn't the 80s and 90s. Let's bring it all into the center. Let's create a focal point. Next thing is to actually identify the focal point in the room. So if you walk in and you're like, oh, TV, fireplace, and you can't figure out where you want to look, you don't have one.
2: Okay, good good point.
0: You don't have a focal point. So let's figure out what that is and start redirecting the energy that way. Paint You've heard every person talk about paint. Okay. I'm not reinventing the wheel here, but a, a little can of paint and uh welcome mat totally transforms your front door. And I mean, you could literally do it seasonally if you wanted to change the front door color. It's not that much money. You can do it yourself, change out the hardware, and you have a whole new entrance mm-hmm. that you can do your second
2: house. <laughs> I love the welcome mat. Yeah. Good to see. I love the welcome mat because it's funny that you say that. I've, I moved back from New York to to my house here in Niagara-on-the-Lake. And one of the first things I did before I crossed the border, this was a year ago now, was go to Target and buy a welcome mat. Yeah. It just, like, it made me happy. Like, I wanted people to walk into my house and feel happy to be here, you know? I love that. Yeah.
0: Exactly. I mean, I get, it has to evoke something. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm not. We're not talking about life and death stuff. Mm-hmm. We're talking mm-hmm. about just uh, evoke that. Like, have you ever cleaned out a closet and then wanted to go into the closet just to look at the closet? Yeah. Or is that just yeah. me?
2: No drawers, closets, <laughs> all the things. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, cleaning out your
0: pantry and organizing your food, taking everything out and deciding what first of all you still need, what yeah. is you know what expired in 1997, and step and cleaning one out that space. I'm, uh, uh, you'd be hard pressed to not find somebody that doesn't want to go open the pantry doors again, just to look at it. Why? Because it evokes something in us, joy, perhaps.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, or accomplishment. Um, So I, during the pandemic took one closet at a time because storage, storage was, a big thing. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a decluttering fool, but you always have that drawer, that closet that just collects all the crap. So um, I went one closet, closet by closet and got rid of everything that I didn't need. Everything that the kids had outgrown, all the stuff that, you know, I was keeping for a rainy day. Who cares? And when it rains, I'll order it on Amazon. Let's be real, right? Yeah. I don't yeah. need it. It doesn't need to be in my life. Somebody else can enjoy it. I started donating all the stuff and that brought me joy. So Okay. And then I did something else. Okay. So I took on, um, I went into, (laughs) I went into the bathroom off the kids' playroom and I've hated the tile. Like when, when we were doing the house, um, back when, like nine years ago, uh, the tile was, was these little subway tiles and doesn't matter. They were installed incorrectly. And, and I was in Cuba. Dave and I were in Cuba at the time and we came back and I was just like, Oh, so I want to close the house. Forget it. And it's been like that forever. And so I was like, I really want to take this bathroom renovation, but it was a pandemic and it was early on during lockdown in Nashville. And so I did it. I took it on myself. I painted the cabinets. I changed, out, you. Stuff. I changed out the hardware and I ordered a really pretty Like almost like a slate blue subway tile, something that I knew would be easy to cut myself, straight cuts. And I tiled from countertop to ceiling all the way up.
2: Um, And I feel like a round of applause. And so I did that. I,
0: I, there were a couple of tricky, like I got like a, like, I can't remember what they're called. The little tile things where you can
2: notch it out. I know you're talking Um, about, I don't remember what they're called either, but
0: yeah, yeah, a couple of the tricky, trickier ones, um, added mirrors. And I probably spent, you know, a thousand dollars let's be like, you know, because I had a lot of tile to the ceiling. There's 12 foot ceilings, but $1,000 and the bathroom looks completely different. I I guarantee you it's made me $5,000 at least. Um, So it's all all relative. You know, somebody might spend $5 and somebody might also spend $50,000 on different renovations for their house. But there are lots of things that we can do.
2: Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, good for you on the tile. I'm just as as you're talking, I'm like, okay, I think I'm gonna change the knobs on the kitchen cabinets and yeah. like yeah, little things, right? It's the little things that They're small have, things, yeah, that make a difference and add up. Wallpaper. So I mean,
0: hello, yeah, you can get peel and stick wallpaper. You don't know if you don't have a, a focal point in your house now, you can create one by using wallpaper, and there there's so many great styles, and
2: mm-hmm. it's back. No, I love I the emotion that it kind of evokes. I'm getting excited. My mom actually flips houses too. So I'm like ready to go into a project with her. And like, it's, it's a time for creativity, I think too, right? Like, it totally is. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, and, and, you know, again, I'm, I'm in this Airbnb and I want to like do some art projects, but sometimes people go really small scale with their art in small spaces. And the, the opposite is true, large scale. But what about you know, you can buy stuff, you can buy the kits on Amazon to go hang your own canvas. Like you're really just stretching it over wood and stapling it. Hmm. And then do a really simple, like paint a really simple canvas. Mm-hmm. There's lots of DIY stuff out there online, you know, that
2: you can rip off. Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, and a fun project, right? It's like a fun, fun thing project. to do. Yeah, as someone's, de- obviously you have a very defined style and have evolved your, you know, your style for someone that is maybe just buying their first home and is kind of trying to figure out what is their style. Is there questions they should ask themselves, ways that you direct them? Is it kind of just a gut instinct? No. No gut instinct. Um, I would say you start you start
0: going online, um, be it Pinterest, be it any of those you know anything. You can just Google, um, and start create a, like a digital board, um, and then every time you see something that you like, add it, screenshot it to that digital board. You're going to start seeing common denominators. Mm-hmm. So you may say, I really love farmhouse white and white and you know white and gray and white and gray, and then every sofa that you pin is orange or you know bright in some other in some capacity Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you can start to see the common denominators like oh my gosh I really love white walls but I like pops of color or I don't like color at all everything I've pinned is white Um, so that's how you do that's how to me the best way we all have this at our disposal.
2: Yeah, no, and I, I think actually I was—it's funny because I was doing that exact activity the other week, and I think Pinterest now even kind of like groups things by style when yeah. it comes to home decor. At least I—I I don't know if that's recent or not because I'm more recent to Pinterest myself. But yeah, I thought that was really valuable because it was kind of like I saw what I was paying the most of, and then it just started to recommend this one style to me. There so it kind of is like its own style definer. Yeah, no, I. I it's very cool. And now our most important room of our, in our house is arguably our home office right now, or our zoom background. Is there a different kind of tips and tricks, you know, somewhere with good lighting, some sort of yeah. things that you recommend with that?
0: Yeah, for, for sure. I, I definitely have some thoughts on this. <laughs> so, um, the first thing is lighting. So you have to have good lighting, some sort of natural light if possible. Not everybody's gonna have that. Um, overhead, I always say layer of the lighting. So so you should have you should check all the boxes. So task lighting, you should maybe have some overhead lighting, some ambience lighting, like you need to cover all the check as much lighting as you possibly can. Um, but here's the big thing. You're, you should have a focal point behind the desk. So if I'm looking this way, it should be this way. Okay. Why? Because we're going to be zooming for a while now. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other thing is that everybody, or the misconception is that we need to have symmetry. We don't, and almost shouldn't have symmetry when, it comes to the home office for the backdrop. Why? Because somebody's gonna put a plant right in the middle and it's gonna just pop out of my head. I've done that before. Okay, there you go. We (laughs) all have to make mistakes. It's okay, forgive you, I still can be (laughs) your friend. Or a mirror right here, or one shelf right here, or one picture frame of a, you know, right here, okay? By create by creating balance instead, and it's okay if you want to create symmetry by doing, see, I'm kind of trying to do it as if it's my backdrop, like two shelves right here where there's a place for me to be in the center. Mm. Um, but you could also put, you know, the plants here and, you know, several, you know, shelves here. Like, it, it, you, for example, you could have a plant that goes all the way up and then three shelves here. I love that. That, So it just all has to be broken up and balanced. So if you feel like one side is weighted more, you don't have balance. Don't worry about symmetry. Balance is what you're after. And then of course, to get the backdrop, it it can be completely neutral like the rest of the walls and that the stuff is behind you, or it could be that it's wallpaper behind you and you don't have any stuff. Maybe you just have a lamp. Just make sure the lamp's not growing out of your head. Pro tip. I said, every time I get in a Zoom meeting, like where there's a bunch of faces, it's the first thing
2: that I'm looking. I'm like scanning the backdrops. Who wins backdrop of this Zoom meeting? It's, I think at the beginning of Zoom meetings too, there was, you know, you saw a lot of people maybe not doing that trick of turning their desk the other way and a lot of beds in the background. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes, yes. yes. Or they have a mirror here and it's reflecting
0: all the stuff in front of them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can see their underwear on the floor. That's lovely.
2: (laughs) Just some Zoom etiquette, some Zoom 101 etiquette. Yeah. (laughs) And are there any kind of out of the pandemic, I guess, or just in general, maybe, maybe let's talk general because I don't want to be all pandemic. But what are the trends that we're seeing right now when it comes to home decor?
0: Well, I mean, I I think we are definitely seeing stuff with the office. People are paying more attention um, to having an actual space. Um, I think we're starting to see, um, you know, more storage closets, um, like pretty storage closets. People have gone kind of crazy organizing their houses. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing, especially when you go to sell eventually. I think people appreciate that that you know, I always say when my clients come in, when a buyer comes in, the closet can be small, um, but if it's half full, they see room for their stuff. The closet can be massive, and if it's completely you know overcluttered, they just are like, "Oh my gosh, where's everything going to go?" It's funny, but again, the feeling that you get when you walk into something. Um, I also think that like expansive outdoor spaces. Um, yes. Has yeah. been a trend, you know. People can only go outside, or they want to hang with their friends, but it's going to be safer outside. outside. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people are putting more money into their landscape, which mm-hmm. I also don't think is a bad thing, especially after everything that we've gone through. I, I think you can get it wrong too. Like you, I, I always look at it in terms as a realtor, so not just a, not just a designer. Actually, it's usually my realtor brain that kicks okay, in. Okay. Like, yeah. How do you? How do you? uh, maximize, the, maximize this investment so that you get it back. You were, there's a return
2: on it. So, um, yeah, and is, is that usually like to maximize that investment? If you're looking at rooms in your house, is that usually don't, isn't it like kitchen bathroom to focus on or where are those is, is that still a rule or no? I would say the market's pretty
0: strong in North America, Right now, um, interest rates are so low. So I I think, yeah, I think it's obvious that bathrooms and kitchens, people don't want to take those renovations. So that's where your money should go. But to the point earlier, not everybody has $60,000 to do a kitchen. So how can you make it so that the rest of the house is all amazing? And so when they walk into the kitchen they don't they, they they feel like they can live through the kitchen renovation because everything else is good you know so you've maybe updated the the hardware and and smaller things um, maybe even painted the cabinets um so so I, I i don't think that the bathrooms and the kitchens are the only places to make money um in fact a lot of us can do a lot of the landscaping work in a backyard ourselves and after this pandemic when people start to actually list their houses again i think they're going to having gotten outside and used their yards a whole lot more, I think they're, it's going to be, become
2: a priority to have those spaces look just as nice. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, you have some exciting partnerships So I'm assuming like when it comes to getting some of these things, you have some favorite places in mind. So I'd love to hear if you are doing a home renovation, if there's, you know, I know you've been doing a whole series with the brick where you kind of recommend that we take a look for some of these pieces to liven up our house.
0: Yes, I. Um, I have a pet line out of pet beds. I have um, some pieces at the brick right now. I actually have some furniture coming out with the brick. Oh, very um, cool! I'm making an announcement very soon about a flooring line under the Court and Co brand. So there's lots of different things that are. Are are you know going to be surfacing in 2021, and I'm really excited about it. And thank you so much for asking because it is one of those things that I sort of just took a leap of faith, and I'm like, why not? Let's do this. Like the things we make make my home
2: a home. Yeah,
0: Um, yeah. So yeah,
2: and you have obviously that that great eye for things. So I think we're always keen to see you know what you kind of recommend, and where can everyone find more information on you? I know your website. Instagram? What are the handles?
0: So, um, so at all things, Courtney Wilson is, um, the best place on Instagram. And then at the Courtney Wilson group is my real estate page. And actually this year I'm going to be launching a a referral network for realtors in Canada or, or for, for, um, buyers and sellers in Canada, where I will help you find a realtor. Um, and my whole thing behind that was, I see some really crappy photography out there. I see some really crappy marketing out there and I want to vet these people. And and so that they have, you know, when I go into a house, I move furniture around as a realtor and, and figure out how it's going to photograph best um, to maximize your investment. And so I really want to find other realtors in Canada that
2: will, do that for their clients. What a great, Yeah. What a great resource. Cause yes. there are, there's a lot, there's a lot of different realtors out there and yeah, to have that kind of yeah. your stamp of approval. That's very cool. Yeah,
0: so look I, 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 my, well, my team will vet them. They will have to ask, a, uh, answer a series of questions, um, a short interview to even be a part of it. And then you can ask me, Hey, is there a realtor in Vancouver or Oakville or wherever? And I'll say, if we don't have somebody, we'll find somebody, but we'll vet them for you. Oh, that's great.
2: Very fun. Look at you. You have a lot of things on the go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here with us today and talking about our favorite place this year, our homes. Uh, we're really looking forward to keeping in touch and to seeing what, what else you have in store for 2021. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one on a brand new topic every Monday. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino, produced and edited by Alia Ballas. The music credit goes to Raspberry Music,